want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. For 40 years, I've walked the line between worlds and am well versed in death. But I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network. I'm Trish Mo, and this is The Missing Piece. <laughs> I don't know what that little glitch was. Good evening, everyone. It is uh, Monday, June 13th, and we are broadcasting live on 105.3 New Orleans and United Public Radio Network. Um, thank you all for joining us. It has been a hot week. Um, I also want to thank Carnation for sponsoring one hour of my show. And um, we're also, oh, also thank everyone who wished me um, a happy birthday last week. I appreciate it very much. It was, it was good. I, I just spent it um, with my kids. We, we actually went to see um, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse. So um, tonight, tomorrow, well, for about the next three days, it is the uh, full June supermoon, uh, the strawberry supermoon. Excited. You all know me and my, I follow the moon. I live by the moon phases, actually. So um, you can see that it rises tomorrow morning, actually. Um, and a supermoon just means it's, it's larger and brighter. Um, it also... They get the names. Well, most people think supermoons get their name, or any of the moons get their names from just the farmer's almanacs. But, but they actually come from different um, native traditions, um, colonial and European sources. So, that's interesting. Um, that will be three days. They're usually three days before and three days after. The energy is. Um, it's also known as the honey moon. So. That's exciting. I will get to it tonight. I have a special guest, Sophia Demas. Is that right? <laughs> Just um, she is the award-winning author of The Divine Language of Coincidence, How Miracles Transformed My Life After I Began Paying Attention from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, she is also the creator of Living a Fearless Life. Uh, 12 12 step workshop 12 workshop program sorry designed to help society's most at-risk women increase their self-esteem it was piloted in the philadelphia prison system and implemented with groups of ex-trafficked and ex-homeless women and women in recovery so i'm so honored that you agreed to be here sophia um, especially on such short notice so Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Yes. And, and so do you currently live in, in Philadelphia? Yes. Is that your, yes are you originally from there? No, no. no. <clears throat> um, I've kind of been all over the place. Uh, I was born in Detroit. Then we moved to Greece, where my parents are from, oh, spent wow. a magical childhood there, and then um, moved to Portland, Oregon from Greece when I was 11. And uh, then I uh, moved to Philadelphia in 1984. Okay. 
So you've been there a while. Um, and tell us, so the main thing that actually, um, kind of, you know, I'm always intuitively led to my guests, but, but one of the biggest things I, I found really remarkable is that this writing a book and in, in this path that you're you're currently on wasn't always it was never actually um in your plans correct i didn't i never wanted to write a book <laughs> which is which is kind of opposite you know most most people are writers that i've talked to anyways that that's something they always they've always wanted. So, so how did you, what led to this entire spiritual journey and, and to your book, I guess, tell us. Well, um, I think it, uh, I guess it started when I was 19. Um, and I was going through these two existential angst, like every 19 year old. And um, I, I, I couldn't come to a solution. And, and I was just so uh, overpowered by, by this, these, these two issues. And within four months, uh, this, uh, I, I met a man and I had a dream. And as a result of these two events, um, I, was, uh, I was cured. I was cured and it was, it struck me so hard. Like, how can that happen? And I felt transformed. I felt like I, I had become a, another person and I had confidence and, uh, and I really started thinking, um, how did all these coincidences happen so that I can have, you know, this, this clear, And miracles just, um, and then you asked about the book. Um, actually, 50, about 15 years ago, coincidentally, um, I was facing a world famous um, medium. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I really had no desire to see a medium, but that's how, how it happened. And she told me I was going to write a book. And I said, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sorry, but I'm not writing a book. First of all, <laughs> I have nothing to say, but I'm a people person and I'm not going to sequester myself someplace and write a book. And I just went on and she just sat there very serenely. And she said, word for word, spirit says when she's ready, there are many spirits here to help her and many hands on earth. And that's how it came down. And what, what would um, happen is I would tell my friends about my miracles and everybody would say, oh, these things only happen to you. And it kind of irked me because, you know, I'm not special. Like I'm not a saint or a guru or anything like that. And then um, it was about, uh, it was in 2011 when I turned 60, I... I reconnected with a childhood friend and I told her my latest miracle and she goes, Oh, Sophia, these things only happen to you. And something clicked. It was like, you know, coincidences happen to everyone, but I've had an inordinate amount of miracles. 
And I meditated on it. And when I, I came to the key, that is when I just naturally wanted to share it with everyone. And I wrote the book. And now, backing up a little bit, you said you um, happened to come upon him. How, how did the medium, I guess, how did, how did she, where did you meet her? Where did, where did she come into your life? You said that okay. she. Um, well, okay. I had no desire or reason to see a medium. So my friend, um, uh, her mother, who was also a friend of mine, had died under mysterious circumstances. So this world famous medium comes to New Jersey across the river uh, and was headlining the, the um, body, mind, uh, body, mind, spirit convention. <laughs> Your cat wants oh. to be part of this. <laughs> she does. Um, That's interesting. She has never, uh, yeah, she's never joined us actually. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, so she says, will you come with me? And I said, sure. You know, I'd love to. So she booked, uh, she booked that uh, session a month and a half before the convention. Mm -hmm. And three days before, I'm just sitting here minding my own business. <laughs> and I get this weird <laughs> urge to see the medium. Those and I thought darn I was mediums. trying to go, that, that's <laughs> stupid. You know, that's what, why would I, I and I, it wouldn't go away. So I thought, oh, what the hell? So I called her up and I told her, I said, look, I, this is so bizarre. I know you're booked, but I just had to call and let you know that I have this urge. And she goes, funny, you should ask. She goes, I just had a cancellation and the cancellation was directly after my friend's session because she was going to be there the whole weekend. And I said, well, look, I just have to tell you, I don't want to disturb my dead friends and family. And so I don't know why I'm coming, but I want you to know that. And she goes, well, for, first of all, she says, just because you, you know, you're there doesn't mean they're going to be there. Um, but it sounds like you're being invited. So I said to my husband, here's the deal. And he goes, what? He goes, you're going to spend 150 bucks and you're not even going to ask to talk to somebody up there? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said, we go to the theater. We spent 150 bucks. It's the experience, okay? So that's all I want. So I went. And it was absolutely incredible what she told me and the way she told it to me. And lo and behold, I... It took me eight years to write the book, but I wrote the book and it's been, um, it's just been an, an incredible experience. And, uh, and there were so many, I mean, to write a book, something I've never done before. I listed all the miracles and all the coincidences, and there were just way too many to cram into one book. So I plucked out all the ones that had to do with death, and that's my second book, and it's 
being published. It's um, I just went through the first edit. And the title of that book is Consciousness Beyond Death, True Stories of Signs, Messages, and Timing. And I'm so excited about it. When, when will that one be coming out? In the spring, uh, in the spring. 2023, in the spring. I mean, if people go to my website, which is just my name, sophiademus.com, and subscribe, they will be told, they will be, it'll be announced when the book okay. comes out. Updated. So throughout this, have you ever had, um, I guess, mediumship experiences yourself where, where you could no. communicate? Huh. I find that and since since you, oh, you have mean such communicate? A, mm -hmm. me communicate with dead friends and family. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's my whole my seven out of the ten chapters of my next book is these communications. Well, but but, not, but I mean, did you recognize? I guess. Um, in the beginning, a lot of, I, I know with myself, um, over half my life, I didn't think that, you know, I, I started recognizing these signs and symbols and stuff, but I never considered that it was coming from, um, spirits. So was there a point, um, you know, it, before or after you spoke with the medium, that that was very significant and like oh you know with with most with most mediums and stuff they um it's either always been there their entire lives and where they recognized it or there was a specific you know standalone point that they were like this is actually coming from someone on the other side um see i i don't consider it mediumship Maybe you can you can convince me otherwise. Um, I had definite communication, you know, like definite communication. Like I remember asking my father for a sign, and it was midnight. I was in bed, and and the door from the bedroom to the hallway opened up, and the room was, I, I just felt this embrace. And it was as real as can be. So would you consider that um, having a medium? To me, it was just communicating. Right. And, and I think for most of us, um, where that kind of becomes... Um, well, I guess, I guess for me, it happened all the time. So I thought that it was something that, that everybody experienced. And it, it was, you know, something normal. But in all these fields, people, there's, you know, definitions, I guess, of different things. And a lot of people consider, um, I actually, I just heard an entire conference on this recently where um, people consider psychics to be much different than mediums, obviously, and vice versa. And... Um, and and then some people are both and et cetera. But um, I, I'm sort of like you, I guess. I just consider it communication. But 
Um, but yeah, can you, can I, you I give would. Me an example? Can you give me an example? Well, has, have, has it always been, have you always had a specific, I guess, person in mind that you tried to communicate with? Or were you just open to receiving messages from no. wherever in the universe? Yeah. just thinking about someone uh i mean and 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 just really like and then ending up talking to them or or sending you know like a request or something and then right away right away there would be a, a response and oh i just thought oh this is so amazing. Like, I mean, I, I, every time I, I just, whenever something like this happens, I just am in awe. My says, why do you always seem so surprised you with the book? And I'm like, every time, every time something like this happens, I'm just like, it's just an amazing. So I, you know, I, I, um, well, then I yes, I would it, consider uh, that mediumship. Like a gift. <laughs> you know, it's just, but I can't, it's not like I, there's some spirit guide and, you know, like I'm going to tell my friend, oh, I'm, I'm having a conversation with your mother up there. You know, I, I it's, it's like a personal thing, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And, and the, uh, so seven of, of my 10 chapters are my experiences. Three chapters are three friends experiences. And I, when I sit back and think, which one is weirder? I can't like one day <laughs> I think, Oh, it's Michelle's story. No, no, no. It's Mary's story. No, it, it's Kim's story. It's just amazing. You know, because if I can experience this, that means you and everyone else can experience this. But I'll tell you, um, I'm going to spill the beans and give you my key. Okay. Um, with, you know, with all these miracles, things that, to come, that come at the right time, exactly what I need at the right time. And I believe that the universe, okay, first of all, I believe that the universe wants us to succeed, all of us, okay? Now, it's I don't understand why the universe gave us free will, but divine intelligence gave us free will. And, but there's a greater will, there's a, a, a divine will. And if I believe that the closer that we align with divine will, the path just opens up for us. The more we try to swim upstream, you know, it's like, that's why, you know, when people talk about manifestation, they, oh, manifest, just write it in your journal, whatever you want. We don't know what's best for us, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I, I mean, I feel very strongly about this. Like if, if I want a red Ferrari, 
and I want this Ferrari really bad. And all these obstacles come in my way. Okay, I can't get the loan. And then I go, damn it, I have free will. I'm getting this Ferrari. So I get the Ferrari and I crash and die. So maybe I should have listened to the obstacles. So that's how I've been living my life. And, and, you know, I think, uh, well, we almost 80 to 90% of the time, probably more than that, we create our own obstacles, actually. We block whatever, you know, due to who knows what past, you know, childhood triggers, traumas, whatever we create, um, and you you see like the imposter syndrome and stuff. I I don't know if you um, you're familiar that with that where, and I just learned a lot about this where people, um, especially with who who lack a lot of self confidence and things like that, who don't think they're good enough or don't think their their skills or whatever gifts or whatever, um, so they start self sabotaging any type of you know i'm i'm the same way with you as far as like writing the book you know people always tell me that and i'm like oh you know nobody would anybody read it why you know why would somebody want to read my book all the things we tell ourselves to block that path and um and then when you really stop and look back you're like wow that was all my own doing and if i would have just gotten out of my way <laughs> you know and let the universe like let it happen the way it's supposed to um because otherwise we i know with myself i keep i kept repeating the same cycles over and over and over you know until um and i'm sure my spirit guides in the universe and they're probably looking at me like oh my gosh this girl like how many times do we <laughs> you know but see you can get over that and and uh what what for me, there's an inner voice. Okay, that's how things are communicated. And the more you listen, and the more the outcome is positive, the more trust you have in it, and the more you're willing to risk. Now, the key for me is taking action. And what you were describing was inaction. Right. Um, Okay, so here is, this is very important. Okay, it's, um, So you see a coincidence. Okay, there's a coincidence. Um, I'll tell you about one, just one coincidence that happened before our wedding. Okay, there are two amazing coincidences that um, yielded a huge gift. Each one yielded a a huge gift. Okay, so one coincidence was um, I I dial my friend, Anne. And a man answers that's not her husband. And I'm like, um, hello, um, is Anne there? No. And, and the, the person says, Sophia, Sophia, is that you? And I said, yes. I said, this is Jerry. You called me. You called me. And I'm like, Jerry? And it turns out that this guy I've known socially, somehow he recognizes my voice, which I couldn't believe. And he says, look, I'm on my way to a meeting. I I just got out of the shower. I have to run. Can I call you later? Okay, now, at this juncture, I could have said, 
oh no, I know I was, it's the wrong number, right? It's a, I said, Jerry, what's your telephone number? And he gives me his number and the last digit was off. Now, what is the off, the number? And it, in all, all of Philadelphia, and I would actually get a wrong number and get somebody I know on the other end. So I said, look, I said, you have to call me, P promise me. Now, this is where I'm taking action, okay? Promise me you're going to call me because this is too, too, too wild for me. He goes, okay, I'll, I promise. So he calls me and it, it turns out that this guy for like a, a period of three or four years owned the Barclay Hotel on Rittenhouse Square, this amazing old charm, old world charm uh, hotel. And he gives us the ballroom for free. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Sophia? I don't know if I froze or she froze. Are you there? Well, let me see if I can get her back um, real quick. It looks like, like her screen froze there for a minute. So we will wait until she pops back in. I find this, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm gonna ask her to, uh, let's see, it says device is not connected. Um, let's see. Sophie, if you can hear me, it, um, you have to reconnect. It says your mic and cam are not connected. Um, so it won't let me add you to this. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just lose uh, each other? Well, I, you your screen froze, so which is interesting. Um, so here's, so before you finish that story, because I do want to hear which, because I consider there's always, um, I always tell people everything means something. And so right when you're about to tell that story, which we, we didn't hear most of it for the most, um, your screen froze, there were sirens in the background of, of my house. So. I was thinking, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a medium, and I, I was thinking at that time something's trying to come through. Um, a lot, especially with sirens, you know, that if if something energetically is trying to um, get our attention, I guess it might interrupt. You know, there's always there's always reasons for things like this, especially on these shows. Um, but it's always, I always find it in interesting, the, um, 
you know, different synchronicities when those things happen. So, so I do, so I want to hear your story now and see how that coincides with, with what just happened, I guess. So there was um, a pause. Well we, uh, well, we decided to get married on 4th of July and the wedding was going to be 4th of October. So that's only three months and we couldn't find a venue. So magically we have this, absolutely gorgeous room for free and he threw in the presidential suite for two nights um and it it was it was just it was amazing now now here the juncture so I, i think i was right there in the juncture when he said look i'll call you later i could have said very easily oh you don't have to you know it's this is a coincidence but but by you know making him promise taking that action so how many coincidences can we just you know say that say oh oh no don't bother but it sure is weird you know but when you take action when you call up that person you go to that place you look up the you you open the book and you you read even if you don't want to read what you're reading because it's making you uncomfortable. You read it. You, it's these things that once you take action, then you may have a miracle. So now this one was just a light one, and and the other one um, is also very weird. And I always ask people, well, which one do you think is weirder? Fifty percent say one, fifty percent say another. But both happened because I took action. And I, I, this is what I, I hope to parlay to people that, you know, I'm not special, but all these amazing things happened. And, um, and the book is, it's a memoir. So it's pretty chronological, except for two chapters. Okay. One is entitled, please, which is on prayer. And the other one is thank you, which is on gratitude. And the miracles in those two chapters are more thematic. But, you you know, you don't have to do anything special. You know, you ask. And then when you get it, you say, thank you. That's it. You don't have to put a lot of work into it. I think um, because I, I was used to do the same thing. I think a lot of people have an expectation of how they're going to receive the answer or the whatever they've asked for. So when you, I think it restricts your, you, you know, ability to receive when you have a specific outcome in mind and that, you know, they, people go into um, law of attraction and, and manifestation, everything with that. But, but I think it's as yes. simple as just say, okay, I need, you know, this much money for whatever I need, um, this, but without an expectation of how you're going to get it. Um, because I know that is extremely important what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, because instead I have gotten to the point Uh Oh, we lose her again. Can you hear me? 
I think we may have may have lost you again. So an interesting thing. Um, Let's see if we can get Sophia back here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her when when we get her back because during that time I don't know if you all could see it too. I'll have to review the video afterwards. But I was getting uh, oh let me let me remove the other one. Add this one. Sorry, I don't know because uh, my my internet is on full bars spirits i'm telling you it happens all the time so which is what i was going to say so when you were speaking before right after the first time you know we got disconnected i saw like a man trying to channel through you um i don't know now i don't know if if we if we go back and review you know the recording of this you you might be able to see like that come on the screen because I could, but I never know if other people can see those things or not, you know, sometimes through, I, I don't know, sometimes I'm the only one. And, um, but that was interesting. So I'm wondering who is trying to give the world a message or me or whoever through you, because there's, it was definitely a male presence. Um, every time you try to speak every time. Um, and so I'm wondering how that's, where that's coming from. Oh, um, God, I have no idea. I mean, I, I really have no idea. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've um, but this medium thing, there's another story that's in the next book that is wild that brought me to a message, to a message. And the message was from my father. But um, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it, it felt like a father figure and a male and, and something significant to you and a father figure. So, but he already told me what he wanted to say. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wants to, I, I have no idea. I find that fascinating. And, and that's what I was, which is important, you know, is against what we were just talking about. Usually I spit it out right away when I, when I see that. And I, and I was thinking, I feel like her father's trying to say something, but I don't want to interrupt and I don't want to get disconnected, but see, there you go. That's, that's the whole taking action part. And, um, I'm learning that, um, as, as a medium myself, you know, when it comes to, especially with like missing people and cold cases and, and things like that. I've been dealing with a lot lately because I used to get all these messages and all these symbol, symbols and signs and everything else. And I would never say anything because I'm like, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm imagining things. I'm making things up. Um, and then soon after it, oh, see, I just saw him again. Huh? Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, but um but yeah so so that's part of trusting and um i guess the message we we have to deliver so and maybe that's that's part of you know you spoke of you see all of these miracles and messages and, and things um corresponding in your own life but maybe that has something to do with it tell us about the the prison um 
living a fearless life, that program, maybe it has something to do um, with that. Okay. Now wait, I, you know what the bars are going. So I'm going to move to the room where, um, the, um, Wi-Fi is and hopefully we will have maybe a better connection because I feel like I'm the scoundrel that's causing all this. I feel like you have a lot of spirits around you or maybe in your house. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Hmm. I have a lot of spirits around me. I mean, all the time. So, hmm. um, so wait, I was, um, I was, Oh, Oh yes. You know, this is something what you were saying. I see we're on all these often all these tangents, but you were saying about asking for things. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it started out. But now I just ask for what is best. I don't, I'm not specific. Um, twice, once after my, my mother died and once after Frank's mother died, my husband, we needed a certain amount of money that came to us almost both times within a couple of hundred dollars. I didn't ask for that. It was a wish. It was a desire. I never asked for it. And so I've learned that you don't have to ask, oh, I need this amount of money. To me, right. it's like, you just go help me out, do the, whatever's best. That is the best prayer, you know? So, um, and, and, and that, if you can pray like that, just God, whatever's best, then it alleviates expectation because you're not praying for something specific. So right. you don't have that expectation and it will come to you. And then faith builds. Okay. Faith builds. So um, what I, uh, the, the way I've described it in the book is there's like three levels of faith. Okay. The first level is um, wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking. So it's like, oh, I wish, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. But you don't take action, but you just keep wishing and nothing happens. Okay. Then the next level is hope. You're not wishing anymore. You're hoping. So when you see a coincidence, you go, oh, what a coincidence. I'm going to take action and hope that I get what's best for me. But then the third, now I'm, I'm, I've gone there, but I'm human. So I, I can't, I'm not there a hundred percent of the time, but it's like faith and it's in a, in a, in a, you're in a, in a state of faith. So it's like, okay, I'm whatever happens, happens, you know, it's for the best. And, and you deal with whatever happens, happens. And then you never worry about anything. Because even if it's an obstacle, it's for your own good. And the more faith you have, the more your inner voice is trusting. And it's just, it, it, you're always uh, happy. I agree. I 100% I agree. Um, in my own life, you know, 
that that's what I was admiring about you earlier when you were talking about, you know, people used to say, well, miracles, why do all of these things happen to you all the time? People say that that to me, I mean, good and bad, there's crazy off the wall things that have happened in my life. And sometimes even the bad things, um, once I changed my perspective of those bad things, you know, maybe I didn't get a specific job that I wanted or that I thought I wanted or whatever. Um, but then a better offer came in or something that better suited my life. And had I gotten the one I wanted, um, you know, it wouldn't have allowed me to have other opportunities. And so once I started changing my perspective um, and relating all of these things that happened, you know, in different um, series in my life and, and start telling other people about these things. And they're like, oh, you know, and, and I think that's what is so profound about being able to share our stories because it, it enables other people to relate yes. in a way in their own life that might spark a, you know, it, it could absolutely change their entire outlook on life, their entire direction, their, you know, and, and help them get over that blockage. Are you familiar with the book, A Course in Miracles? I'm not. Okay. It sounds familiar. It's, Who's the... Yeah, there's no author. See, it's a little... Um, it's spiritual, but it was channeled. The whole book was channeled. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, I relate in the book how that came into my life and... Ex and and how it affected my life and changed my perception. But that, but I, I mention it because the, it, okay, the name of the book is A Course in Miracles. And I have to tell you, that book slapped me in the face for over two years before I actually read it. I was, it was a, a situation where I was actually forced to read it. But the, there's one definition only of a miracle in that book. And it's a change of perception for the better. So when you can change your mind, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, um, I'm not for capital punishment anymore. You know, mm -hmm. it's a miracle. It's considered a miracle. So, yes. And it's an evolution. You, you were describing your life as sort of an evolution. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, and, and the same thing, I, I, people ask me my stance on certain um, beliefs and such, and, and I tell everyone all the time that my beliefs change every single day. You know, I, the, the older I get, the more I realize I know absolutely nothing to be 100% true in this world, you know, because it's, it, which is good, because when you stop learning, you stop growing. So, but, but it has taken so much, you know, I just turned 41 this week and it's taken, oh, and I'm still, I don't, birthday. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I feel like I, I, uh, you know, the older I get, the more humbled I am by that because I'm like, wow, I, it, it's like you start seeing the world, um, almost in a childlike manner again, you know, where yes, everything is so new and so 
so so much more meaningful you know so um and so that's that's why i love talking to people like you because it is very personal to me you know it's not it's not just for the show or whatever it's it's very inspiring it's very um everything everyone i talk to and every everyone i meet and network through teaches me me something um on how to how to maybe change that perspective in my own life, you know, or apply to um, my own my own ways and and such. And so that's incredibly helpful, and and that's why it's important to hear people's stories. And and everyone has a voice, you know. I think. Um, oh, the consciousness beyond death. Now that was an interesting. That's what I was going to ask. Um, how do you, there's so many different opinions on consciousness beyond death. Um, so what is your, I guess, perception of that and the way that, that others, you know, beyond the grave can communicate with you? Well, first of all, consciousness. Um, I, I end the book with an, I had an out of body experience during a guided meditation uh, my friend's mother, um, who I consider to be an ascended master, uh, invited me to join them in a meditation. And um, it, it was I was just so thrilled and honored, and I was so open. And she did the chakras, and I, she did five instead of seven. And when it got to the heart chakra, I had this really strange sensation of like this energy going cutting through my heart and then when it got to the third eye that remained and i'm thinking this is so bizarre another sort of uh circuitous energy was going you know uh horizontal uh, vertical like whoop whoop while this was going and then she brought us to the you know the crown of the head and it was always the the gardens and the colors coincided with the chakras. So finally, we get to this uh, crystalline garden. We're entering uh, a crystalline garden. And the minute I enter this crystalline garden, I'm floating. The sensations stopped. Like, that was the most dramatic part. And I'm floating in light. And my first thought is, oh my God, I don't have a body. And I'm like, I'm one with the light. And then something kind of tells me, this is where you came from and this is where you're going to go. And so for me, uh, to this experience together with um, the communications, I am 150% certain that when you die, you simply shed your body. You are as aware as you are this very minute. No doubt in my mind. And, um, and my experience is, this is why I had to write the book, because it's, it's just proof. And, and it's so amusing to me that there's all these scientists that devote their lives to try to prove consciousness. I mean, right. how funny is that? Like, why are you going through all these motions when it's clear as a bell, you know? And it has well, to be reproducible in the laboratory, you know? To, yeah, to, you know, 
<laughs> those of us in in these areas of interest think it's clear as bell. Um, <laughs> but do you remember, was there ever a time, um, well, for example, before you met with that medium, you thought the same thing. Why would I ever meet with a medium? Why would I, you know? So it's kind of the same thing, you know. <laughs> Be, and, and I tell people that all the time. You know, I, I realize and, and I'm very aware that I've had, a, you know, I've had, gosh, numerous, like four or five near-death experiences. I've had things happen to me that have caused these, these traumatic awakenings and such, but not everybody um, has had that or even has been in situations like, like yourself that where they would be open to aligning their chakras and, and, and dealing with, you know, doing their shadow work and things like that. So, so there's probably, I always think that with, even with, um, in the paranormal field with ghost hunters and, and things like that, which I 100% respect. But to me, I'm like, well, they're all around us. Don't they see them and talk to them? It, no, <laughs> you know, because it's so normal to me mm. that I don't seek evidence. So it just comes to me all the time. You know, I could turn my camera, cell phone, whatever. And I always get these spirits that show up and stuff all the time. Whereas there's people that, that are out there looking for it every day that might only get evidence once in a great while. And they're like, <laughs> do you, and it's do you so actually obvious see them? Me. Yes. Oh, yes. So, so it's so obvious to me, but to everybody, right. but that's the same concept, you know, um, there's always this, this, it seems to be this spark that people know they're searching for something, that there's something greater out there, but they need proof of its existence. And I, and I think that whole concept is kind of like a watched pot never boils, you know, because it's when you stop searching for it, that it comes to you. Um, well, and, and like I said, um, you know, when it comes and, and you, you're, you're grateful for it, mm -hmm. and then you trust, and then you get more and more and more. Um, now, one experience is uh, my relationship with my husband, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about it because it, it again... I have a very strong will. Okay. So, so I married, I didn't want to get married. Actually, I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want to get married and I didn't want kids. It was focusing on my work, but the universe has other plans. Okay. So I marry this, you know, low key guy, you know, turns out he's a rager. I mean, major rager. He would sabotage romantic getaways, you know, Finally, I went, bye-bye, because I could. And we had some contact, and then something happened. I don't think it, it was even that big, because I don't remember what it was. But I decided I never wanted to see this guy again. Okay. Now, again, the universe not only wants us to succeed, but it wants unity. Okay. Right? Okay. I... My ego was so strong. I didn't want unity. I wanted separation. Okay. 
<laughs> and I, I mean, I never wanted to see this guy again. Well, in the course of two months, I, I, we were apart a total of six months. In the Within two months, it wasn't even two months, three amazing coincidences happened. The first one had to do with A Course in Miracles. The second one had to do with his wedding band. And the third one had to do with this unbelievable coincidence that um, we we're going to uh, Maui for my uh, best friend's wedding, where I was the maid of honor once again, third time. And, um, and as a result of this huge coincidence, we had these energy readings. That was in 2009. Frank has never had another episode since then. I mean, I am married to my dream companion. Now, wow. how does that work? How does that work? My, I have made the decision. He's out of the picture, out of the picture. Never want to see this guy again. But what happened, The what the universe put in front of us is, and a lot of people say that that is one of the uh, most interesting part of the book uh, because it's it's just so miraculous. I am sublimely happy, sublimely happy. And, you know, I just walk around saying thank you all the time. How did that happen? But did you... I allowed it. So did did he have, you said an energy reading. Was it um, by an energy healer? Or, yes, or a just kinesiologist. A, okay. Yes. yes, her name is Deborah Green. And uh, she wasn't, she's moving now to Panama. But um, the way it happened, it's just unbelievable. So, it, and so yeah, she's... Um, it, it, it's amazing. The The readings are pretty amazing and she can do it uh, long distance as well. Uh, but to have that kind of, and, and, and Frank is, he's, he's completely changed. He's spiritual. At that time, the word miracle was strange to come out of his mouth, you know? So, so after, so I went in first for my reading and then he went in and and when he came out, I, I said, so how was it? And he said, there's something to this. I'm like, what? And he didn't, he didn't want to talk about it, but three days later, he told me what he went through. And, and for him to be that open, I mean, it, and so I have this, he's not the man I married. And that's, that's interesting because, um, going back to how now to to like yourself and and me these things are obvious but this is why um and it happens a lot i don't know i and i've often wondered that if we're supposed to be with certain people um because so many women i know who i don't know if women reach certain spiritual awareness uh, sooner or what happens but but it seems like a lot of women i i know myself included that have all these relationship problems and such and and their partners aren't spiritual and their partners have you know um maybe like the rage or the trigger problems or whatever um 
and every one of them says the same thing. Well, no, he, he just makes fun of my spiritual practices or he doesn't believe in them or he, you know, just thinks that everything we do is goofy and off the wall and whatever. So there's, there is something to that. Um, but on the, on the other hand, you know, I've in through this network, obviously I, there's tons of men. I'm not saying all, all men, but I'm saying we tend to attract on both sides, people that um, it, it seems needs some sort of healing or something. You hear about these transformations, and I think it's it's fascinating um, because otherwise, you you two wouldn't be together. You know, if you you had sworn completely sworn him off and out of your life, correct? Um, yes. And uh, what the Course in Miracles says is that because you know. Um, the universe wants connection, wants unity. It takes only one person of the couple to make it happen. So in this case, where I always saw myself as the one that wanted to make it happen, you know, to come together, I was the one that didn't want it to happen. And he wanted it that badly. And I believe that, especially what happened with his wedding band. I mean, that was that was his reward for wanting it that badly, and and that completely disarmed me. That allowed me to say, "Okay, I'll talk to you." Okay, you know, and 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 we started communication and coming back together, but. It was, it was him who made this happen. It was his will. Huh. And I'm grateful. That's interesting. So can you imagine your life if, if you both had not have chosen to go to um, that energy reading and such where you would be now? Um, we just talked about it the other day. And he said that was never a possibility with me oh. and oh, so i'm like sweet. well you know sorry but you know and, and i believe that um well if that had happened he would be a miserable old man <laughs> you know, just a miserable old man you know so uh, but but the happiness that we have it's it's just i mean it just it it burst down all these walls that you know like that rage and all these that 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 kept me on walking on eggshells you know I just didn't want it anymore you know I just mm -hmm. didn't want it anymore and and our life this is for this is quite a a, a number of years that it, it's it's a, a different person it's a transformed person and you know what it's not just him I've, I've transformed as well. And it's just been uh, a gift. And, and, and I want people to know that it can have, you know, people say, Oh, you know, you can't change it. Well, first of all, I did not. Okay, I'm not taking credit for these three wild coincidences that produced the miracle. But I was open somehow. And that's all you need is just your mind to be just a crack open to let some movement, just a crack, just a little, okay, like 
curiosity or whatever you want to call it, because I, I can't believe I had made a decision like that. And for these three big, big things to happen. So um, I listened to what the universe wanted. Now, I, I have an example, kind of. I believe that what is meant for you will always be. Now, again, it's the action part, because here's, here's a simple example in my own life that, that helps people kind of, um, kind of relate in a way. So um, four years ago, I found this purse at an antique store that I just absolutely loved. Um, and and it, I mean, this is just something simple. And it was, but it was purple and it had these rhinestones. It was like a 19, I guess, 30s, 40s era, you know, handbag type thing. I absolutely loved it. And um, something kind of tragic happened that I, I lost all of my belongings and, and had to in that house there, including that purse that I absolutely loved. Okay, four years later, this this just happened a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, I had um, bought an antique from a lady and that day I was supposed to go pick it up. You know, it was, it was through Marketplace or whatever. I was supposed to go pick it up, but I went, I, I was in a hurry, walked out the door, of course, I do this a lot, and locked myself out of the house. So I had my phone so I could tell her I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm locked out of my house. I have to wait until my son gets home. Um, I don't have my keys, so I can't drive. She's like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll bring this antique to you, you know. She comes to me, and while she brings me this... Um, wooden antique thing that she that you know I had purchased from her and she's like oh here do you want this purse I I don't I have no use for it I've tried to sell it everything but you can just have it and I was like that's the exact same purse that what? I lost four years ago I mean and this is a very unique very unique um I've never seen another one like it except it's in a different color and it was orange same purse different color wow. Four years later, and it's not like I didn't buy that from her. I didn't even know she had that. And complete stranger. So something as simple, you know. Um, but what are the odds that she would right. give it to you? And that might not have happened had I driven to her. Yeah. You know, had I not locked myself out of the house and all. <laughs> so it's just a random little thing, you know. But that's the universe saying. Um, this is something that you really liked, you know, even though I'm not a materialistic person. So, but, but it was, you know, back then it was, and I could probably even find a picture I took of it and posted probably somewhere on Facebook the day I got it four years ago and to show the difference, you know, now. It was your but, birthday present. Yeah, <laughs> it might've been. <laughs> it was probably around the same time. Yeah. So that was one thing. Um, but, but also, Another thing, you know, I wanted to be an artist when I was 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, and it was 20 years to the day um, a year ago that I opened my own art studio and the opportunity just happened to come around, you know, so things like that. Like, even if you pass up something 
at the time, it's still years later, whenever, you know, this is even the same with like partners and everything else. It always comes back around. Whether you take action or not is a different story. Well, that's it. That's it. Um, you know, uh, one, also, these communications happen through different, you know, like the, the woman who, who you bought the antique thing with, I mean, she, it, it's, it can be people that give you the message or books or things or it's it's but you have to um hone your awareness to recognize what's happening um i'm going to relate one story that um i just you know and and where it took me um so about 20 some years ago i went to i was in center city i worked in center city philadelphia and i took my lunch to rittenhouse square and was looking for a bench and I see three benches, but one had a book on it. So I picked the bench with the book. And I look at the book, and the title of the book is Who Told You You Were Born Naked? No, Who Told You You Were Naked? I thought, that's so weird. And it was written by a Trappist monk that was also a student of A Course in Miracles. So I immediately started reading this book. It was the most beautiful writing about forgiveness. I mean, I, I just, it was just absolutely beautiful. And as I'm reading it, um, my first language is Greek. So I realized that in the Greek version of the Lord's Prayer, you know, um, in English it's, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The word forgiveness is not in the Greek. And the Greek was the, was the uh, first um, writing. When it, when it was written down the first time in the Bible, in the classical Bible, it was in Greek. Although when Jesus said it, it was in Aramaic. So I went line by line, the Lord's Prayer, and I thought, Oh my God, if you don't know this in Greek, you're gypped. Because the beauty of it in Greek, there's nuances that are completely lost in translation. So I have retranslated, because of that little book that I found on the bench, I've retranslated the Lord's Prayer, which I've included in my uh, please uh, chapter in my book. But the first line, and I've had, I had the blessing of a world famous theologian and Greek scholar. And uh, I thought, uh oh, what's he going to think about the first line? And the first line is our creator who, re who resides in sound, light, and vibration. And he goes, absolutely true. He goes, because in Greek, it's heaven is plural. So he says, all realms, sound, light, and vibration, all realms. So I have the blessing and it, it is really worth, you know, looking at this prayer. And, and I, I believe that anyone can say the prayer. You can be Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, whatever. It's about divine intelligence, you know. And I have a problem with the patriarchy of the church, you know, and, um, you know, like he and our father. So that thereby it's our creator. But uh, it's those things that that was 
a little life-altering thing that happened on that park bench. So, uh, but I didn't just leave it. I picked, I, I mean, there was no way I was not going to read this book. So it was a direct uh, gift, you know? So we, and I wonder, if, you know, when you start, like when we're talking with each other and, and then um, some people right now might be thinking, oh, if I hadn't gone on that trip, I would not have met this person. If I would, I would not have gotten this job, you know? And it, you start looking back and that is another way to build your faith is because oh wait a minute that happened to me and I never thought about it yes and and I even now um when I started being more present and trying to be mindful of being present and in the moment and focusing um especially with ADD and well ADHD and and such it was very um, imperative that I do that because otherwise I do things like lock myself out or it could be dangerous, you know, if you're driving and <laughs> start doing these things. But I started paying attention to, I, I started doing things like looking up different words, different phrases that came across, you know, my everyday, um, seeing what they meant in other languages or seeing what their origin, um, where, where it came from, or even if it was an animal that crossed my path that, that wasn't typical, you know, if, if there's like a turtle that went across and, and I would look up the spiritual meaning or if, if a specific flower um, that was out of the ordinary, you know, came across my path. And every single time when I would look that up, it was something specific, um, a message that 100% pertained to my life at the time. What about um, numbers? What about numbers? Do, do you, I mean, do you, are, is there a number that has a specific meaning for you? Because for me, it's, there's numbers. Every number. Yes. Every number has specific. Oh. And, and the entire universe interacts with me. Um, I know there's quite a few people this happens to, and it can happen to everyone. You know, it's nothing that's special with me. It's just that I really started paying attention and, um, that's when license plates and billboards and um, everything, everything. I'd go in a library and walk straight to a book that had a message or the entire shelf for that matter um, that I could point out that was something directly related to my life at the time or something I needed to know. And um, just recently, even with my, uh, with my cat, for instance, my, my daughter, um, adopted a kitten from that was found out in a field by my parents' house. And this specific kitten had saved their cat's life. Um, it came and found a human, you know, to notify them that their cat was laying in a, in a storm gutter injured. Um, when it was very, it was very young, it left its mother to go notify a, a person to come save their cat. And so she wanted to bring it home. And I was like, no, you know, we, we already have pets. We just adopted another one. We don't, but I will make sure I'll take it to the humane society. So it has a good home. And on the way home, it was crawling under, you know, my vehicle. And this was right, right around Christmas. And when I get out of the car, she has a sticker. I don't even know where the sticker came from stuck to her stomach that says, please don't re re gift me. And I'm like, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you, spirit. <laughs> You know, but this kitten ended up being one of the most profound gifts, I guess, to our entire family. You know, she perked up my older dog who was kind of getting depressed and and um, just has been the most meaningful um, addition to our lives, you know. And, and so I looked up, we, we named my daughter, named her Hazel, and I looked up Hazel, like just now, whatever triggered me um that you when you were talking about that to look at that up and um in, in celtic all the way back celtic greek all of the older mythology and traditions um it, it talks about a hazel tree um they were said to line the borders between the human world and the realm of the gods they um bore branches laden heavy with fruit and um their their nuts would often fall into a nearby stream where they would be consumed by the salmon. And they would gain all the knowledge of the world and were known as the salmon of wisdom. Well, I had ordered some groceries from the store the other day, you know, online, you go pick them up. They accidentally gave me an entire case of salmon. <laughs> I didn't order it. I was like... I thought you were going to say hazelnuts, but okay. No, but, I'll yeah, take but, the salmon. <laughs> but that's what. See, I never knew what the salmon was for. This this entire the last two weeks or whatever. I was like, why would I get an entire case of canned salmon? Like, where would that? Did my cat order that? I mean, <laughs> oh god! But, I can't um, get over the sticker. I'm sorry. I'm still back yes, at the sticker. Yes. Oh. Um, but the salmon, it, it says they were bright, glistening. Their color, the orange color, came from um, the spots appeared on the sides of the salmon to show that they had been blessed by the magical hazel trees. Um, and those who ate the hazelnuts were said to gain prophetic abilities and live a life full of wisdom, which is interesting because you're wearing that color. And Hazel, the cat, she has <laughs> never once come on my show. So oh. there you go. So oh, that's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. See, see, and and now you know there are there are times when I go. Now, am I giving this uh, meaning, or is it giving me meaning? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So right. that's that's remarkable. Uh, like no, no, you're not giving me away. Oh, that is that is. So, so you, you see, when, when would you say you started um, listening? Um, it was after, it would have been four years ago when I had another heart attack. Um, and a lot of profound things happened that year. Um, I was baptized, um, but I also separated from um, organized religion at that time. Um, and and things started happening in my life that, that nobody believed, but then it it, it just, um, it got to a point where I, it wasn't about trying to make other people believe in what was happening to me or in my life, because I knew 100% what was happening. And that's, that's all that matter, you know. So. so do you feel protected? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. I wouldn't be alive today if I wasn't protected. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, do you feel protected, I guess? Have you oh, ever yes. had? Um, well, I had in 2016, I'm not accident prone, but 2016, again, within two months, I had two freak accidents. I mean, so, and, and I write about that in, in uh, the second book because, you know, well, the first one was a car accident that the guy was coming at 65 miles an hour across the, the, uh, the center lines and is going right for a um, head-on collision. And I just, I just, you know, uh, turned the wheel because I'm going to the passenger, you know, towards the, the, I was on the inside lane. So, you know, if I get hit, at least I'm over here, you know, I just, and anyway, it was, it was, I mean, he, he got thrown out of the car and, and uh, uh, they took him to the hospital. He's okay. But nothing physically happened to me. But as he hit me, the car spun and I'm facing the opposite direction. And as it's spinning, I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm being protected. I felt this embrace, like, like a, not a, I mean, it was like warm. It's, it wasn't like physical. It was, if somebody was to embrace you, it's the warmth that they would admit that they would admit this warmth. And, and physically nothing happened to me. Um, a little shard from the shattered window. Cause I, I went like this in my ear and I, this little pinprint of uh, blood and it was just this little tiny shard. That was it. The airbags were deployed. Wow. Nothing happened. I, I couldn't drive for two months. So, you know, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I'm still a terrible passenger. But, okay, in the second one, I was in Oregon riding at my brother's uh, beach cabin and I went and had a walk on the beach and I was... I was just sitting watching the waves and I'm way back. And then there was rocks in back of me and then the highway. And there's this little inlet and between me and the inlet is a driftwood tree stump and a sneaker wave. Uh, there was a flash flood down that inlet and this sneaker wave. I mean, it was this, this water came just flooding and I grabbed the tree stump and I, I was able to keep my head above water and um, all of a sudden I feel the tree stump let go and I went that the, the most incredible part in both of these was how calm I was I, I remember thinking oh well this is it just like that <laughs> well this is it and then just as I said that the water receded, the tree stump came down and, and it was, uh, and, and again, it was, I had a parka on, but I didn't feel cold. I went home, took off my clothes and put them in the washer and my entire body was black and blue because th uh, that came with logs that were hitting me. 
that I, I wasn't aware of. And my husband said, go take a picture of that tree, of that tree stump. And the next morning I went and bought a, uh, you know, like a, a, you know, one of those uh, phones that you can buy. Um, and I went back to take, because my phone was gone, um, to take a picture and the tree stump was gone. So by the grace of God, that tree stump was there for me to save me. And I wasn't having any thoughts about writing it. And a friend said, you are going to write about those two accidents, aren't you? And I said, no. I mean, I, I didn't die. And she goes, that's why, she said, because that was a message. Those were the creepiest accidents I've ever heard. And I remember thinking, it was the universe saying, this is not your time. You have to fulfill your purpose. And it was, you know, right in the middle of my writing. And and those things um, are like, like little alarms, alarm clocks, mm -hmm. uh, aligning you, pushing you, helping you, helping you. Again, the universe wants our success. And it seems like, you know, you've had a whole life of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you start thinking back, um, at least I did anyways, of, I'm like, wow, not, nothing, you know, crazy or spectacular or miraculous has ever happened. No, that's, that's not true. It's every one of us has had crazy, miraculous things happen every day in our lives. Um, we, we just don't always view them as that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so what, it, it's interesting, um, about the theme of, of, of people that write, uh, kind of memoirs about their life story and such, because one of the times that one near of the near death experiences that I had, I dreamt, uh, or wherever I went during this void time, you know, while I was, um, I flatlined. Um, I, I had a vision. I was in a library, but all the books were people's lives. Um, everyone, everyone I had ever known, everyone who had ever existed, which, which I'm assuming is, is the Akashic record, you know, kind of a library of the Akashic record of, of everybody, um, on the planet for that matter in the universe. And because it had all these famous people, you know, all the Einstein and and things like that. So anyone who had ever existed in in this rea in my reality now, and um, they they always said it's it's not your time because you haven't written your book yet. And at the time, I thought that meant literally writing a book, but I didn't realize that book was me actually living my life. And recognizing living my life you know life's not not just meant to go through the motions and and survive because I'd already done that I I had survived all these different things but I wasn't actually living mm. and and that was the book you know that's all of mm. our books mm. um and so you hear people different um mystics and yogis and everything and they talk about that record and when I started you know viewing other people's lives and past lives and everything else as a novel 
I'm like, that's what we're, we came here to live our lives. You know, instead of worrying about everything, just, just let go. And, and that's, that's part of the trust in the process in the universe, you know, um, cause we weren't meant to, to suffer all the time. And, you know, I mean, yes, bad things happen, but, but I'm saying suffer in a sense that that consumes your entire life. See, I, I believe that these things happen. Um, I, I believe that we're here on earth, that earth is sort of like this laboratory and, and we are meant to grow and keep grow, growing to a different level and becoming closer and closer to the divine. Um, and so when you have something negative happens, it's like you had said earlier, what is your perspective? Um, you know, I had, this is uh, uh, about five or six years ago, I um, became aware that I had seven friends who had lost an adult child. And I thought, wow, and these are very interesting people. And so what I did is I invited them to my house and I asked them to bring a photograph of their child and anything that they felt sort of represented their essence. And it was six women and a man. And I had them go around the room, I mean, the I they not all of them knew each other, but I knew them all. Okay, so and the women, the man went last, and each woman in in one way or, or another expressed uh, that this was yes, it was the most horrific thing that happened, but as a result, there was a transformation. There was. This, they described going to a different level. Uh, one talked about a, 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 that she has a guru that, that talked about detachment, that it, you don't own your child, you know, you're the vehicle, but you know, you don't own. And there was this peaceful look on all six women. I was like, oh my God, this is just amazing. One after the other, we get to the man and he's in a rage. He hadn't let go. He was anger just exuded. And I thought, okay, he hasn't gone there yet. But what these women said to me was, well, this is what I needed to, 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 to transform. So yes, it, it can be looked at as, you know, somebody could never recover from that. But all six of my friends did, and it was just uh, beautiful to see. I think um, it, it's when you start, um, and I went through this entire uh, kind of kind of along the same lines um, with religion, different religions, and everything. As far as my confusion, you know, people always say, "Why." would if there's a god or a higher power why would why would um that power allow these things to happen why would but what i realized as far as a, a consciousness as you as you say beyond death is we're the only ones that attach that uh, you know once people die there's they release that um what's the word Cor 
corporeal um like there's no pain there's no there's no human suffering there's no that doesn't exist in the spirit world that only exists in our illusion of of things you know so so once you start seeing things in that in that manner and and realizing that you know even even if um tragedies happen that that is that person that spirit's path in this life that was their purpose maybe they were the catalyst for some for change in your life or somebody else's life or or due to their you know ascension and then and then you realize that sometimes you see that person in someone else almost immediately you know um I met a random woman at a dog park one time and she she was in her 90s and she said we she she just said will you walk with me and watch the sunrise I said of course and she said you know I moved my my husband and I started this journey to we planned on moving right before the shutdown and everything shut down they started their move and and he passed away right at that time she had no family she still continued moving didn't know anyone there and um she had had the most profound experiences in her own life because from the time she was a little girl she told her dad she's like man you've come such a long ways well she was his mom in a like in a past life and the things that she could but but see she was reincarnated as his daughter mm-hmm. which is because she could she could recall from the time she was little and tell him things about his life you know that that no one else would have known mm. and it's just stories like that that, that that randomly happen you know and you're like this is an amazing world full of things like that that are happening all around us all the time well just the fact that you connected with this woman Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, like I said, it, it's one of those things where you have to, I used to be the type that was very shy and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't open up, wouldn't talk to people. But once I, it's always a sh- random strangers, you know, um, that tell you something that, that you might need to, it, it could be, I've had homeless people tell me oh. one sentence you know that possibly changed my entire direction in life numerous times yes i know exactly what you're saying yeah and and it's crazy it's it's crazy when that and you stop and maybe it doesn't resonate at that time maybe yeah. you don't you don't think of it that way but then when that time comes you remember it and you're like that's why that happened. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where everything means something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we listen, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 and, and you didn't ask for that homeless person, you know, you didn't ask for the book, you didn't ask, but the, the, the desire, the willingness, the, the problem, you know, you want a problem solved, you want, you know, and then these things just come to you you know in fact um in um in the book in the uh the thank you uh chapter i relate two events 
that took place years apart that deal with each one deals with a homeless person a few days before Christmas and a $20 bill. Now, one is enough, but to have these two experiences with these three elements that, that was transforming, each one was transforming. And, you know, and thanking God for, you know, uh, well, I, I consider them angels, actually, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. That was my next question. <laughs> yes. And and it, it just happens all the time. And um, in fact, now, I, I did not write about this because I didn't want to, like, go, you know, I was, like, push the, you know, sort of, you know, push things over the edge. But I have this thing with 444. So 444 to me is is uh, a sign. And it's for years and years and years. And one of those homeless people um, that happened, uh, it was uh, very close uh, to 30th Street Station here in Philadelphia. And it was, it was just remarkable. So, you know, it was just a, a, a it was life change. This was an angel. Okay. That's all I can tell you. Uh, she was an angel. Well, uh, years later, this was maybe three or four years ago, I'm crossing the street and I'm, I'm thinking about, cause I was there. Okay. So I'm crossing the street towards where I left this woman, this homeless, gritty, dirty woman. And, and I remember thinking, God, that was just the most angelic experience. And then as I'm crossing the street, I thought, well, if that, if that um, person was an angel, the way I believe, then that is holy ground. I, I said to myself, just this must be holy ground. And I approach the spot where I left her, and in blue paint was 444. It was, oh, wow. and it was, uh, you know, I guess the water people wanted to, you know, mark something there, but it was at the spot, but that wasn't it. It was that in my head, <clears throat> I was thinking that like, this is hollowed ground. If that was an angel. So the 444 said, yes, it was confirmation. Yes, you're right. I mean, so I have a picture of it, you know, but I, I thought, we're not going to go into numbers in this book because, uh, you know, just playing it safe. I think, uh, it, well, and people assign, you know, numbers to everything. But, and here's the thing, when you get into different languages, religions, everything, everything has duality and an equal and opposite reaction and all of that. Because if you look at, well, for instance, um, 666, you know, once I was seeing that all over the place, I used to be a dealer at a casino and I used to see that all the time. And I was like, oh man, that is, that's terrible. Like that means the devil and all this, you know, and actually, um, 
originally 666 in numerology is the number of man, uh, of human. But I started having um, players from other countries, you know, started talking to them about superstitions and numbers and such. And in Asian countries, for instance, 666 is considered incredibly lucky. And so it's that entire, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, there's that completely opposite meaning um, just from a different perspective um, as far as numbers go. So, but that, but you're right. That's an, that's like a whole nother chapter, you know, and people yeah. get into like the Tesla code and the, <laughs> all of that, but um, you, you could, uh, well, there has been, there's been scientists, everybody, you know, since being in well, time. It's mathematics. Numbers. I mean, look at mathematics. I mean, they're, they're, uh, I read somebody was trying to uh, prove consciousness through mathematics, you know, well, mathematics is numbers, mm -hmm. you know, so, so it's all interrelated. Everything is interrelated. Everything is interrelated. Absolutely. You know? And it, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'll go down these rabbit holes of my cat went crazy just now, but I'll go down these rabbit holes of, of connecting these things and just be mind blown all over again. And I, you know, I went from the numbers to as an artist and seeing like sacred geometry. And you, when you start looking at things that way that I had never noticed before, like certain flowers, you know, each have a different number of petals and they're um, specifically, um, they're different geometric shapes and, and things like that. And you're like, wow, you know, that has four petals, that has five, that has, and, and looking at like, like butterflies and their symmetry and things like that. And it's, it's absolutely amazing that you're like, well, I've, I've always known that I've always, you know, of course everybody can see that, but it, it means so much more when you, when you think of things in that manner, I, I, I think. Mm. Yeah. And, and then there's like, there's, um, you know, insects that look like flowers and flowers that, you know, look like, I mean, it, it's, you, you see it, the patterns in nature like that. Mm -hmm. And, and then the, the golden ratio and how, you know, uh, how, how nature designs and then how you have, people that can look at nature and like uh, Buckminster Fuller, um, who was my idol. And that's another thing. That's a, a, whole, a chapter in the book. I mean, he was my idol and uh, a series of events happened where I ended up working. He asked me to work with him. That's how I got from Portland to Philadelphia. And he invented the geodesic dome. And that's all wow. based on uh, uh, geometry, you know, like geometric shapes. The tetrahedron uh, is the basis. And, and um, uh, that was quite an experience. I mean, you know, a, a real futurist. He was, he's like the Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci of our times, you know. But that kind of architecture where it's taken from geometry. You know, mm -hmm. I honestly, I never, um, 
it wasn't until I, I got very, um, I became a photographer that I started noticing um, in, in architecture, um, that I started noticing all of the geometry in architecture. You know, because because it's one thing to to look at buildings and stuff when uh, just as a tourist or a passerby or whatever, but um, if you've never worked in in any type of engineering or or architecture, you know, but but when you see pictures and you start to analyze, you know, wow, all the different well, it's geometry. You're you're right, but. But we don't notice those things most of the time, just with our eyes, I guess, um, or at least not not upon first first glance. Anyways, it's it's something unless you've built it that, it, at least for me, I have to experience multiple times to really appreciate it. Yeah, which I guess is with anything in life. You know? <laughs> My my daughter was just asking me the other day, we've gone back to, there's a specific botanic garden in our city that we frequently visit, you know, and she's eight and she's like, I've already, well, before we go, she, she always tells me, she's like, I don't want to go there again. It's boring. I've already been. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You might see something you missed last time. And every time. Mm-hmm. She sees something different. And I said, that's, you know, it's like seasons. You can't, things change every single day, everywhere. People change every day. So you can't fully experience, just because you've seen it once, does not mean that it's not going to be different tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's life. That's the way you, you should see life in a nutshell. Yes. You know? Even, even like when I, you know, read books over again that that i maybe read when you know 10 15 years ago and i'm like oh i've already read that i don't and then all of a sudden it'll like fall open to a specific page and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and you appreciate it in a different almost from different eyes um basically in in my point you know like from a completely different perspective because you're not the same person as you were 10 years ago that's for sure you know uh, and and it it I would feel sorry for somebody that was the same person. Oh gosh, absolutely. Um, we, I just had um, I had a guest a few weeks ago. Um, oh Brad Kelly, he's an amazing author. Um, but we were discussing that too. I said the statistics on people, um who never pick up another book to read for pleasure after college, which means in their 20s, right? Even even with like PhDs, the, the average age for people, to, I mean, nowadays it's different because adults do go back to school later in life, but most people do not pick up another book for pleasure ever again for the rest of their lives. I mean, they'll read, you know, the newspaper or like something for, for their job or whatever, but they don't read again ever. And that's tragic to me. I'm like, how could you, that's, but, but then I started relating that to people as in the Akashic record. And so it's interesting that that you said, you know, 
like your husband, you gave another chance after completely closing that book, you know, thinking you're done with it, you know? And, um, so when I start thinking of people that way, I'm like, maybe, maybe I should go back and read some of those books of those Mm -hmm. people that were in my life that I just, you know, completely cast out years ago for whatever reason. And, and it's, it's profound. Um, the people that you, you think you would never get along with or they, they, you know, previously or when you were younger for whatever reason, first impression or whatever, turn out to be, or like even the homeless people. Um, but when, when you actually go back and give them a chance and, and read their book, um, you know, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like a... Something keeps flashing behind you. I'm I'm serious. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm telling you. There is a man trying to bring a message through. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. <laughs> now, I before we go, I can't believe it. It's been 2 hours already. Um I guess if I know when we briefly talked via via email, I said I don't really believe in coincidences because meaning I believe everything happens for a reason. What is your, I guess, what would you want people to take away from your book? There's one thing. Um, That... That exactly, that coincidences is, is one way that divine intelligence, the universe, communicates with us. That's why I called it the divine language of coincidence. And, and it's, it's for us to recognize and take action. And what I want, if there's one thing that I want people to at least have a little open mind towards that these these amazing things that have happened to me that have brought me such a rich life that that it can happen to anyone i i it's not that i'm lucky it's not it's i'm fortunate because at a very young age, at 19, something happened that I, I, you know, I just thought, how could, how can my, these two, uh, two issues that I thought were unsolvable get solved so easily? And, uh, and, and so, it, it, so from a young age, I was able to pay attention, and then these things happened over and over. And and I don't think it, it's too late for for anyone to start right now. You know, you know, maybe take an inventory about what happened. How did you meet that person? How did you buy that house? How did that money come to you? What did you do? What were your actions to bring about these? gifts, miracles, whatever you want to call them. So that is the one, that's my message. That's my message. And then this way, 
faith develops and um, and uh, you feel a kinship. I, I don't know how to describe it, but a kinship with <clears throat> this divine provider. I think, well, I'm excited to to read your book. I'm excited actually for for the next one as well that's that you have coming out for um, consciousness beyond death as well. And where can where can people find you again? What is what is the your website and then as far as Amazon? Your okay. Well, um, my website is my name sophiademas.com, and I also have. Uh, a page that's my influencers, which are eight people that I've had personal contact with that I consider to be mentors. And if anyone out there is interested in mysticism, you must read the blurb on Abbess Amelia Nee. You can't miss her. She's a nun that runs a, a monastery in Maryland. And her I mean, her, it's a first-hand account of bilocation that it is just, it, it will just, just knock your socks off. So, um, and then um, uh, you, you could just type it if, if anyone wants the book. I mean, you can actually get the book from my website. It goes directly to Amazon. It's also in bookstores. Um, and so this is... Uh, this is a, a portrait of uh, learning, a life, a life of learning. Uh, and the next book uh, is hopeful. Uh, I think it's very hopeful because, again, you know, and, and I'm glad that I have these other three stories of three other people. And I, I really believe that if if people read the book, it's it'll be like, oh wait a minute, this happened, ah uh, this happened, and it makes you more open to, you know, the gifts that the universe wants to give you because the universe wants you to succeed. That's the message. And I think, especially during, you know, the last few years in this world, yes. that's, that's been very trying. It's, it's so important uh, and such a huge inspiration for people like you to, to put, uh, you know, messages and, and, and real life examples yes. that we can relate to out there because I know for myself you're you're a huge inspiration you I'm I'm probably going it'll probably take me a long time but I'm more inspired to write my own book you know mm -hmm. <laughs> because yes. of you so well thank you it's been a real pleasure but I um I'm I I think that what you're doing with this show you know um getting people's stories uh out there to inspire other people you know to 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 get do that book write that book or or take that action but to have have this platform to uh have an opportunity to to tell these stories i think is 
kind of God's work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I, I always thought, I never pictured myself um, being able to, I've always listed on an individual level to, you know, been fascinated with people's stories and in my own life. But I, I always thought, you know, if you're going to be an influencer, if you're going to have the ability to reach millions of people, then um, you should do it in, in a positive manner, you know? And so I love stories of transformation and for, for my own, you know, because they, they enable, they give me hope um, on a personal level. And I, I love when other people have, when it has that same effect on others as well, because as, as I said, I think everybody has a voice that should be heard. Um, so I, I just want to let you know that um, don't force it. Um, I, I can see this book is gurgling up and oh. it's just, it's gurgling <laughs> up. And, and so just let it emerge, you know, and then, uh, and then you're going to have, you'll see that you will have external help. You will get external help that will guide you in the right direction. And, and don't forget to ask for signs. Like, just give me a sign. That's all you have to do. That's all. You, and then when you get the sign, thank you. That's it. Yes, I, I think that's one of the big things I've learned is, is gratitude. Gratitude is... Um, and as one of the big things that you mentioned is forgiveness, mostly in yourself, you know. Um, I think those have been two of the biggest um, lessons, I guess, um, in a positive manner that I've, I've learned through all of this. It's through, medicinal. Through both, both those things are medicinal. Yes, very much so. Um, and, and it's interesting that every single person I interview one way or another has done some sort of, including myself, has done some sort of project um, in the prison system, which is interesting. I just realized that. <laughs> so, um, But uh, Sophia, it, it's been such a pleasure. I hope to be able to speak with you again in the future, um, you know, as, as we progress. Um, and I will definitely, I'll post your links. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, um, I'll have that. Um, again, it's on my Facebook group page, as well as um, it will obviously be on the repost of this. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And to all of our listeners, it, it's always thank you for, for listening to us. And thank you um, for supporting um, the missing piece. Um, Next week, we have um, dark humor uh, comedian Brad Goss. So that's something to look forward to. Tune in on Monday at 8 p.m. Central. And for now, everyone be safe and good night. And Sophia, good night. good night to you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll have to see if I can. <laughs>